campus of UC Irvine, the site of Rams 2018 training camp. Welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. I got DeMarco far to my right. One take Simmons. I like it. What? Yeah. You didn't mess up the intro. I don't usually mess up the intro We anymore. didn't have to burn a timeout early. Listen, we're on like yeah. episode 54, I yeah. think, of this. You know, season right. three. I should be and able to open the show, We're right? still burning timeouts on first possession. Sometimes. <laughs> Last week we had to when we were doing mailbag. Uh, it's right. August 15th. Yes. Wednesday, just about 2.30 Pacific time here in Irvine, California. A second to last penultimate Rams practice here at UC Irvine Crazy. today. Boy, did that happen fast. Right? Feels like we just got here for training camp and we're almost done here. Right. Yeah, I mean, which means the regular season is just around the corner. Finally. And we're all going to get excited. Like you said, finally. Yeah. I mean, I love preseason. I love the process of, you know, developing, making guys better, creating a team out of 90 guys. Mm -hmm. But let's just get started with the real stuff. I think everybody <laughs> kind of wants to get there. Yeah. It's been interesting um, just thinking about the fact that, all right, you went to Baltimore mm -hmm. and that kind of really broke things up just in terms of you know being at training camp right. and sleeping in the dorms like we do when we're down here. And, you know, it's just, it's different, you know? Yeah. Jared Goff last week was saying, you know, he liked that we went to Baltimore because it broke up the monotony of camp. I mean, they're so efficient with what they do here. I'm just talking about in totality, the entire team travels so well that you didn't miss a beat mm -hmm. traveling to Baltimore. We said when we took off from Los Angeles, you looked from where we sat all the way to the front of the plane, everyone was knocked out everyone cold. Everyone was asleep. And by the time you woke up, we got there, you had meetings, you got ready for the next day. So it was just like having training camp here, just in Baltimore. Why do you think this team travels so well? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, I, I think it's the support staff. I mean, they, they had to deal with a move, most of them. Um, huh. So they're used to that sort of situation. And then going from Jacksonville to London last year and right. then back and then to New York, they've had practice. So that's nothing new. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's part of it. I don't know. But I mean, just from the standpoint of look, they went seven and one on mm -hmm. the road last year. Plus, you really count that London game eight and one, you know, as, as a yeah. road record, because that certainly was not a home game. Yeah. So it's just really it's been interesting to me, you know, just seeing that. Obviously, and I think JB has said this, one of the things that the Rams definitely want to do better this year is win games at the Coliseum. True. Yeah. I because mean, yeah. they were obviously a really good team, but a lot of those wins came away from home. Uh, and I mean, that's got to change. If you want to be a good football team, play a football team, number one, you have to defend home. And then you have to be good on the road as well. So the Rams have, I would say they have both taken care of. It just, the results weren't what you like from the Coliseum. Yes. San Francisco, you can throw out. That's the yes. last game of the year. Yeah, the, Seattle, I thought you had them. <laughs> you should have had you them. You just gave them. the ball away five and, times. And that's that's that would change that entire record. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still a good football team. It yeah. is. It is. Um, but I think it's a good reminder that it is a good football team considering what the result of preseason yeah. week one was. 33-7 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Let's start there. I think we all expected to see a little bit more out of the team, I guess yeah. you'd say, but particularly the QB1 for that night, which was Sean Mangan. Once I took the emotion out of it, and I had to remind myself, Miles, I really did, that it's just preseason. Yeah. So, I mean, no one, everyone wants to win, no one likes to lose, yeah. regardless if it's preseason or what have you. So, you had to take the emotion out of it. This does not count against your record. So, let's just call it what it is. It's a good chance to evaluate. Now, the problem is, you got a chance to evaluate a lot of defensive snaps because there weren't very many offensive mm -hmm. snaps out there. So I think by my count, before there was a two-minute warning in the first half, the Rams' defense were out there about 45 snaps. That's on pace for 90. Yeah. That's that's no good. That's no bueno. So yes. 
I, I think we kind of knew once Jared Goff was going to sit, Todd Gurley was going to sit, most of the offensive line was going to sit, the receivers were, were going to sit. What you were going to trot out there against Baltimore, okay, they have the advantage. Their ones are clearly better than your twos, and they proved it. Well, I think that's the case for everybody in yeah. the league, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody talks about, oh, my gosh, you know, what depth do the Rams have? Like, they show that they don't have much depth. Look, there's not a situation, you know, knock on wood, where – 10 of your 11 starters on both sides of the ball no. are going to be out. If that happens, they'll make a movie about it. Like, yes. we are Marshall. Yes. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's never going to be like that. You'll have spots or maybe half your line or... Yeah, you, you might get caught in a pinch. But right. it's not going it's not to look like that. that. No. Not only that, but it's not like they're not going to game plan. Right. Which is what they did not do against Baltimore at all. You know, they were running only a few select amount of plays. You had I – mean, Sean McVay said this after the game that you know, we probably didn't put Sean Mangan in some great spots at times. Yeah. I'm thinking of one play in particular where it looked like Farrow Cooper had to kind of chip Suggs off yeah. the line. And then it was, I think it was Daryl Williams at the time then had to go like even further out to go try to block him on a pass play. It's not going to work well when those are the things that start well, off the play. That's right? a guy that possibly has a chance to be immortalized in Canton. Talk Terrell about Sucks. Terrell yes. Suggs. Yeah. And when you ball give so hard university. Ball so hard. When you give away protection, when you give him a tell, like Pharaoh Cooper is not just lining up there for no reason he's yes. there to block you so he knows how to beat that chip and he did yes yeah so there, there there would be mechanisms in place for guys like him right that weren't there on game day so this is funny when you say that a coach a head coach says i put sean Mannion in bad situations where on the field under center I, <laughs> everyone has the same expectations out there yeah you're overmatched yes they're better than you but you still have to perform at a high level it's tougher at quarterback but you still have to perform. You do, but I think what McVay, to me, the point is that he was saying, look, we would not call the game like this right. for Sean Mangan. True. In, in, in a real live situation, you would game plan more. You would game plan better. You would not call plays as you did. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I so think that, that's yeah. what putting him in bad spots means to me. He's doing what he does best. He's stepping in front of his player. Yeah. Taking the blame. Yes. Right? And that's what he does, and that's what a smart coach does. But, yes. I mean, there are going to be situations, knock on wood, that if Mannion goes out there, now granted you may have a better offensive line and you may have Todd Gurley behind you and a better game plan, right. but at some point you're going to be facing better defenses than what you saw in Baltimore. Okay, yes. Yeah, with, with – Two bookends that can get after you, plus yes. an inside guy yes. and a couple of cover corners out there. Think about Jacksonville's defense. Mm -hmm. That could be you out there. So there are no excuses. You have to perform and play better or get replaced. That's well, just the way it goes in football. That Absolutely. I, I think it's fair to expect to see more out of Sean Mangan. And we talked yeah. about this too. Like he is a fourth year pro, right? This right. is his second year in this offense. Second year really going into it as the clear QB2. Right. It's fair to expect more out of Sean. You're Mangan. in competition, not just for this job here, but league wide. Right. I mean, your name is going to go into a pool, say, at the end of the year to figure out, hey, look, is this guy a potential starter? Mm -hmm. Is he another backup? Do the Rams want to hang on to him and mm -hmm. extend him? So uh, you have to perform and keep putting good tape. But the only way he's going to really we're going to really be able to evaluate a guy like Sean Mannion is put him out there with the ones. Sure. I don't know how you do that. I don't think if the you ones do are going it. out, then Jared's probably going with them. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know how you do that, or you're just going to have to assume. 
I, I think and if, get it off the practice field. Well, yeah. I think if you are a team and you've seen him for this many years, the coaching staff has been around him for a year, et cetera, you probably have a good idea and a good understanding of what that quarterback is capable of, right? Right, right. Just based on the practice reps. And I, I think it would be good for the fans and everybody else and like us mm -hmm. to really say, okay, this is what Sean Mangan is capable of if you see him with the ones. But I feel like as the coaching staff, they understand what it is to have Sean Mangan out there and what he is capable of. And what of. your role is. I mean, your role is to back up Jared, support Jared, and just be the best possible quarterback that you can be in case of emergency. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking for a guy to compete with Jared, this is not the guy. No. Yeah. But I don't think anybody, why would you be looking for a guy to compete with Jared? Well, I, mean, I mean, you want somebody to make him better, obviously, but I, right. I don't know if compete is really. Well, like Joe Flacco and, and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Eventually, that's going to be the starter. Flacco is the incumbent. Yes. But at some point, this, this kid, if he pans out, is going to take your job. Yes. I don't think that situation exists in Los Angeles. I would agree. Yeah. Yes. Not not yet, for sure. Um, so, to recap, I mean, Sean Mangan, 3 of 13 for 16 mm -hmm. yards, 7.5 passer rating you want that to be better for next week i'm sure he wants it to be better uh, of course yeah um in terms of the backup quarterback situation mm -hmm. though do you see a scenario where maybe brandon allen jumps sean mangan for that backup spot? I, I, I don't know about jump um you know and i i saw some things on tape right that maybe your mind is made up on certain guys in their first or second year okay, okay i know what you are and i know what you can do let me see some young guys in. Yeah. Uh, but as far as even with as bad as that tape looked on offense, it's you're not ready to jump anybody on the depth chart. Okay. Uh, I think you still have preseason game number two. Yes. To either get better or get worse or stay the same, and then you start making those evaluations. But I would like to see Allen. I'd like to see what he looks like. Um, I, I'd like to see what he had to offer. Maybe if I see enough out of him, okay, let me see you. Let me take some of Sean Mannion's reps and give you – Give more to him mm -hmm. just to see if I can see more. And then we'll talk about that. But after one game, no, no not yet. I, not yet. I'm not, I, I would agree with you. I think there is probably more potential for the Rams to keep those three guys just at quarterback and sort of stay pat. Yeah. And then, you know, if something happens, then you maybe have more of a competition in that way. Right. But I don't think there's any reason to, you know, depart from the three quarterbacks that the Rams had last year. I don't I don't know why you would change that room. Unless there is somebody that you can get who is a clear upgrade as a backup quarterback and you bring that person in. And that is entirely possible. It is. And I think it's all fair for everyone, especially when you're in a backup role. If they can find a way to make the team better, then do it. Yes. If there's a better quarterback sitting on the street than what you have, potentially, I think you have to look in that direction. Mm -hmm. I think you do that for every single position on the football team. I, I agree with you. Outside of punter. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Right. I don't think we need to replace the punter. Yeah. Can the punter, can he punt and throw? Because yeah. if not, then no, I'll just stay with Hecker. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I don't think anybody's going to probably outkick Greg Zerline right now so. either. I don't think so. No, not the way he's booting it. No. Yeah, and yeah. he's looked really good since coming back from that back. He has. Uh, you know, really and nice I'm, I'm anxious to see Ficken get out there and put his best foot forward, literally. Yeah. Uh, because at some point, yeah, you're going to be looking for a team if if everything stands stays the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, so one more thing I, I want to talk about from this Baltimore game, uh, running backs. Yeah. We saw John Kelly, I think, break out in a big way. Also saw Justin Davis kind of be the only real spark for the offense in the first half. Mm -hmm. What did you think of those guys? Uh, Kelly, we said going in, watching him at practice versus Baltimore, 
the same run that he broke, he broke in practice about six times. Mm -hmm. He is hard to see on those cutbacks. He is so good. His timing is great, and he's got good speed. When he can break it or start it right and bend it all the way back to the left and then beat you to a foot race to the corner. Yes. I mean, that that is high-level running back stuff. So exciting. Now let me see you do it again. Let okay. me see you do it against Oakland. Le Both I, guys. I want to see him do it against twos. Yes. You know, move and him up the depth. Threes. Yes, move him up the depth. Better defensive opposition. Let me see if the same results or if we get the same results. I'll say this yeah. for John Kelly, though. When he's out there, he's playing on scout team. Mm -hmm. He looks like he fits in. You know, he looks like he's making those kinds of runs against the Rams one defense sometimes. Right. It's funny. Uh, th it only happens in college, sometimes in the pros, to where you have a starter, an established starter who's great, yeah. an established backup who you trust, and then they bring in kids like freshmen yeah. or rookies. Yeah. And you say, well, that rookie or that freshman is already better than your backup. Uh-huh. But we have to let this thing play itself play itself out. But eventually I think Kelly will move up the depth chart at some point. Really? Yeah, he's you, just got he's got talent and he's got skills. Do you think that he can be that sort of option for a Todd Gurley when Todd Gurley needs a break, or do you still see that as Malcolm Brown's role? Both. Um, okay. Malcolm Brown is just so solid. Uh, if you're talking a straight backup to Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown's your guy. He's reliable. He's going to run the hole, mm -hmm. whether it's there or not. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and you can trust him. Now, there could be an added dimension to your offense with guys like Kelly to where it's not just spelling Todd Gurley. Right. It's we're going to sub Todd, bring in this package, and affect the defense with this guy. That makes you dangerous. Yes. So the more you can do, the more they're going to ask. I think the, the interesting thing could be when we see a formation with both Todd Gurley and um, John Kelly out there at the same time, maybe a 21 or something there. You right. Know? Because sometimes we, we keep talking about, oh, the Rams might go more 12, you know, mm -hmm. one tight end, or excuse me, one running back, two tight ends. Yeah. I think if we could see two running backs, there's all kinds of things that the Rams can do with that. No doubt. If, you, if you're facing a football team that's struggling in regular personnel, mm. you, their, their linebackers are struggling, or they're just not very good, or you have a bunch of injuries, and you want to keep that group on the field, sure, put two running backs out there. Yeah. And then motion one guy out. Yes. And then it's Todd Gurley versus a seven-man box, and yes. away we go. So yes. there's many different options you can attack, especially when you have two good running backs. Right. Yeah. And that's something we didn't necessarily see that much of last year. No. I think that, I, and I think we maybe thought we might see a little bit more. Uh, you could kind of count Tavon Austin mm -hmm. as the backup running back. He was. Right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, a couple people have asked over the course of the last week, man, do you think the Rams will keep four running backs this oh, year? Really? Being Gurley, Brown, Davis, and then Kelly. Yeah. What do I, you tell them when, you, when they ask you that? I, well, I might say kind of, I think they could. You never know. You have but to, I don't know. You have to see how camp shakes out and yeah. what the injury list looks like. Yeah. I mean, and then you'll start counting because you may have to go heavy because he may not necessarily be injured, but he's dinged up. Mm -hmm. So let's keep a surplus just in case. Mm -hmm. So you may have to keep four to start, drop down to three. You know how it goes in the NFL. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, your, your opening day roster changes. Yes. Yeah, after, after a couple weeks. People yeah. say, you know, that, that the 53-man roster, they call it like a final 53. It's really the initial 53. It's the Because it, it could yeah. change the next day. It's the rough draft of the rough draft. It's not the final draft. No. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to turn this in one more time, depending on how your game goes, because you may lose one or two guys. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's just how it goes. So you have to keep your roster fluid. But for the most part, you'd say every team in the league keeps at least three running backs. Mm -hmm. um, if possible, you keep a fourth. But... 
I don't think you have four good tailbacks on one football team. I don't think you can. You can't use them all in, in right, a game. You right. can't. Three yes, four no. I think the the only difference that I would say is that because the Rams no longer have Tavon Austin, who was effectively that kind of fourth running back, mm -hmm. you might have four with Gurley, Brown, Kelly, and then Davis. We'll see. We'll see. I, you I, could also because you could also use those guys on special teams. See, I still think behind Todd, it's a battle. It's an oh, absolute. Yeah. It's an absolute battle. Um, I think there's. This is just me talking. I think there's three guys for two spots. Okay. Yeah, so may the best man win. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's fair. Um, defensively, do you want to mention Micah Kaiser? Because yeah. on last week's show, you were talking about the fact that you want to see that guy lead the game in tackles, and that's exactly what he did. Now, he's got to improve um, because he left about five or six on the table. Really? Yeah, so there's, there's more there. But I just knew. I mean, he's going back to Baltimore. He had a lot of family there. I knew he was going to be jacked up and... He played exactly the way I thought he was going to play. He played like a rookie. Okay. Like the first couple of snaps while I'm in the NFL, while I'm in the NFL. Then he goes, this is just football again. Yeah. And then he starts making plays all over the field. Yeah. So uh, let's see that again versus Oakland when Oakland's already had a look at you on tape. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they're going to game plan, but they've seen you. Their players have seen you. They know how you play. Yes. Let me see if you can do it again when they know you're coming. Right. Um, let's talk about some injuries, too. Cornerback uh, Kevin Peterson, yeah. unfortunate news that he tore his ACL. And, boy, this is uh, kind of the second one of these that we've seen for a guy who's young and starting to emerge. Yeah. And Morgan Fox being the other. Yeah. That, you know, you just like, oh, man. It happens. Um, yeah. it, it was going to be tough in that room to make it as a cornerback because you're loaded there. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're loaded. Even your backups are guys that could start other places. Mm -hmm. So he was a guy that, look, he was right there with him. He was I, making just as many plays as everyone else, and it's a shame. His hands got on the football constantly, yes. and I thought he was doing a really great job in this And game. I know he was going to be a, a major special teams contributor. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the way it was shaping up. He walked right past me, and we don't report injuries in the preseason, but I'm looking at the way he's walking with an ice bag on his knee that early in the game. I said, this isn't good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then later on we found out, okay, it's the ACL. That's just too bad for him. But – Look, ACL surgeries, get the thing repaired, get healthy, come back, and let's do it again next year. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if there is any consolation, any silver lining, it happened now. Yeah. And not, you know, week seven, yeah. week eight, week nine, or late, so that he will be able to get back and mm -hmm. have that kind of full preseason work, and then he will really be able to go and get ready to go for the 2019 season. Next man up. That's yeah. the way it goes. Next man up, move the drill. Move the drill. Move read, it up 10. Yeah. You read, ever read that um, Joe Thomas piece that he did after he suffered his, his uh, season-ending injury last no. year? Yeah, it was it was titled that, move the drill. Move the so drill. Joe Thomas, future Hall of Fame left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. And he basically titled the thing, move the drill, and it was basically saying, you know, all these times that I've been in the NFL and I haven't missed a snap and everything, but when somebody gets hurt, just got to move the drill. Yep. Because if they're if they're down, yeah. whatever's happening, you know, you football keeps going. I heard Andrew Luck say the same thing. When you're injured, it's it's like you're not even part of the team. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is, man. I mean, it's it's not like they're kicking you off the team. It's, right. They got to get ready for Sunday, Monday, right. Thursday, and you can only go with the guys you have, mm -hmm. not the injured guys. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So yeah. a couple more injury updates. Uh, Josh Reynolds has an ankle injury. Looks mm -hmm. like he's week to week right now. He's not uh, dead. He's not dead. He's, get out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jarvis Landry over there. <laughs> get out there. You watch. You watch that. I speech love on it. Hard yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now let's see what happens when he gets dinged. Yeah. Okay. When you when you strain a hamstring, I want to keep the same intensity. You know what? Yeah. He also he got in a fight the other day. Uh, there's too many. I told you. I told you when these 
joint practices. There or, wasn't even a joint practice. Or practices for the Browns. with it your own just, guy. Yeah. Just don't let it devolve into a brawl. Yeah. You get nothing out of it. It's true. Yeah. A guy lost his job in Miami. I saw that. For a brawl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it doesn't make any sense to go out here and fight. No. This is where you're trying to earn a job. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to get better. When you do that, you're not really getting right. better. Uh, Gerald Everett, tight end, shoulder injury, also week to week. So we'll see how that thing continues to progress. Um, a couple people asked this too. Obo Okoronkwo, uh, outside linebacker out of Bless Oklahoma. You. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Good right? I think I said it right, You though. did. It was perfect. Thank yes. you. Yes. I've, I've been from... Uh, Ah, and you can't say that. <laughs> I've been practicing the pronunciation. Nice. There's yes. a little tongue twister. For I you. can't wait to see him play. Yeah, me too. Yeah. He's still on PUP right now, physically unable to perform less. We'll see when he comes off. Sean McVay has said that that's a sooner or later thing yeah. with him, that he will come off probably before the end of the preseason. If you are still on PUP at the beginning of the regular season, you have to miss the first six weeks. I feel like that's more likely with Dom Easley than it is with Okoronkwo. Yeah, I want <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I was thinking last year for Don Measley would have been a hell of a year if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. That defensive line, that rotation. Yeah. I mean, when you catch guys trying to deal with Aaron Donald, deal with Michael Brockers, yeah. and you're coming off the bench full of energy, and yeah. they're not, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Same thing with this defensive line. I want him to get healthy more than anyone on this football team. It would be I great. really do. It would be yeah. really great to see him. Yes. When he was healthy in 2016 and he played that rotational role on the defensive line, he, he was very effective. Yeah. And you get to pick on the wounded fawn in the Serengeti. The wounded fawn yes. in the Serengeti. You get to pick on the duck. You can yeah. put him on the weakest guy out there and absolutely let him tear his head off. I think that's one thing we're going to see out of this defensive line, though. Mm -hmm. Just and once AD returns, this will be a different ball game. But yeah. matchups. Right, we Ndamukong Sue talked about this a week or two ago. Fact that he's go, he sees that Wade Phillips is going to put them in different positions mm -hmm. on the defensive line in order to be successful. No doubt. So it's going to be about matchups. I've seen Ndamukong Sue rush at end, left end. Yes, and look pretty good doing yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. it looks like he's done it a lot. Right. Yeah. So you see him there, you see him at no. Sometimes he's been at three technique. You see Brockers at end. You see him inside. You see. Him it's going to be a real interesting thing to see how exactly Wade Phillips utilizes those three guys on the line of scrimmage, and then three, meaning yeah. adding Donald in there, and then you add in another pass rusher too. Where you put him is basically taking away part of that offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, run or pass, wherever you put Sue. And when we talk about picking on the week, wherever 99 lines up, he's going to win. You, you don't have you to put him on that. the weakest yes. guy. You can put him on a pro bowler, and he's yes. going to win. Yes. So, you get the move around, Sue. If you had easily, you can do that sort of stuff. I think Ethan Westbrooks played well yes. in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, he did. It's not easy to make an inside move on an athletic quarterback like Jackson and get him on the ground. Twice. Twice. Now, he missed once, and he scored. Okay. Same yeah. move. He missed, and he scored. But then, but after improved, he scored. Improved and came back and made plays. So, he could also be that guy that takes over that quote-unquote Dom Easley role. Fool me once, I'm not going to get fooled again. Right? Absolutely. Something. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you miss a quarterback again, just keep on running right to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your pads at the door and keep on Drop going. Drop We don't miss sacks. Yeah. At the door. All right, uh, so since we are at the penultimate UC Irvine practice. That's your allotment. You're only allowed to say that I twice. I can only say it twice. That's only twice. What if twice. I say anti-penultimate? That was the JB Long sitting right there. The Rams third Thank to you, last. JB. The Rams anti-penultimate <laughs> practice. Yes. Here at UC Irvine happened on Monday. <sighs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I learned that that was a word a couple weeks ago, and I had not. I've been wow. so geeked to wow. use that word in context. You just did. Okay. All right. What's anyway, the point? Point is, 
Let's pick some UC Irvine All-Americans here. Oh. Guys that have really stood out in practices over the course uh. of these few weeks. Let's remember we had that conversation about defensive line. Out here in practice, it's easy to fall in love with a guy fall in love with a guy when you're watching practice because you're just tagging off people mm. let's see that let's see that same intensity turn into production on game day yeah because you're not tagging off you're tackling so right. there are some guys that popped um, to me that could be better where did he go he is uh, oh my god oh Davis num number 98 Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Now, that's got to translate to game day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's it's one thing to beat your own guys, know the snap count, know their rhythms, yes. get into the plays. Okay. It's another thing to go out there versus somebody you don't know and look exactly the same as mm -hmm. you do on the practice field. So, that's one of the guys I'm looking at. But he would be my UC Irvine, what'd you all, call it? I call UC Irvine All-American. All All-American. He would be my All-American. training camp yes. All-American. Um, I would say a couple of guys. Uh, John Franklin Myers comes to mind. No, played, I thought he played really well when he got in. What? Oh, he didn't get in. I'm sorry. Never mind. Go ahead. I, I Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I'm going to call a timeout on edit, you on that edit, one. Edit, edit, Go ahead. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> what, what was that now? Uh, yeah, no, Franklin Myers, he did not yep. play against yes. the, the Ravens, but I think he's played well here, mm -hmm. and I think that he's definitely made that kind of uh, the right God, impression does he look the part. Right? <laughs> oh, my God, does he look the he part. He does. He's yeah. like a little, he's kind of like a mini Brockers. He's one of those weird he? guys. He looks bigger out of pads. When I mean? saw him on the sideline, he looked bigger without pads on. Really? Certain guys just do that. Yes, it, he looks bigger without the pads on. I don't know about that. Well, it's just me. Okay. I'm not saying you. I just said to me. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, you're very entitled to your own opinion. Anti-penultimate. <laughs> yeah, now I can say it. Yeah. It's third to last. Yes, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think John Franklin Myers has looked good. Uh, Joe Noteboom, I think, has made a oh, really, boom. really good impression. Yes. He doesn't strike me as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a rookie. He's he's just he's a guy getting work so you can put him in as a starter. You know, I have been impressed with him because I partially I guess because of the draft position. Yeah. But then you think about how can the, you be that good with calves that small? That and <laughs> the offense yeah. he was playing at TCU. Yes. Is not. I was talking to Brian Allen the other day about this center who the Rams drafted out of Michigan State. And I asked him, you know, do you feel like you had an advantage coming out of a pro-style system mm -hmm. into this? And he said, yes, for sure, because we weren't just clapping. We weren't, you know, right. we had a play call. We had to go up to the line of scrimmage and then do what we do, right? When you're talking about Joe Noteboom, that's not the kind of situation he was in at TCU, you know, mm -hmm. where you have Kenny Hill just throwing the ball all mm -hmm. over the place. And so, to me, that's what makes his transition and how it's gone that much more impressive. True. I mean, it's a little more thinking, and some guys get caught up in the X's and O's, but like we said, once the ball moves, it's just football again, man. You've yeah, been doing you it forever. Yeah. And the one thing he does best is erase the guy over the top of him. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the one thing you have to know first at that position is you got to know who to get and how to get him. Right. Well, the how to get him part, he knows how. He just has to know who, mm -hmm. and that's, that's part of game plan. But when you see him matched up against veteran guys either here or in Baltimore he doesn't look like a rookie his punch doesn't look like a rookie now his pass set doesn't look like a rookie he looks like a guy that's getting ready to start in September yeah yeah and he does which is good that you don't have to what do you mean you don't have to start him in September Not at which is tackle. great yeah but you could if you wanted to start him at right guard right do possibly you, do you think that there is maybe a disadvantage in that I mean we've seen and I don't it's not a good comparison, but like Greg Robinson at 
left tackle, left guard, you know, doing the thing where you switch them around. Mm -hmm. Do you think that maybe hurts sometimes no. more than helps? No, because I, my, I had to go to Baltimore. The first time I went to Baltimore, they started a rookie guard by the name of Jonathan Ogden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a six foot eight guard. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then he got his feet wet, yeah. learned the speed of the game, and they bumped him out the left tackle, and, and the rest then, is history. Yeah, it is. So the sooner you can get them out on the field, the better. Okay. It just makes them better faster. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that could be the case with Nofum, just mm -hmm. based on the way that he's gone through practices and what we've yeah. seen from him. And if you're a guard, right, think about any guard, especially in the NFC West, and you have to block Aaron Donald. Well, your pass set is almost like a, a tackle because he's coming <laughs> off the ball so fast. So yeah. the positions are almost the same, but just in the inside, the guys are a little bit bigger. So it's a little bit easier on you as a tackle playing guard because you're quicker. Right. Like Roger Saffold. Yes. Once they bumped him inside, he had the advantage. Yes. He's more athletic than anybody he's playing against yes. for the most part. He is. Well, and that's why Roger Saffold does such a good job on those screens when mm -hmm. he goes out to the outside and he's a lead blocker. And he road. doesn't want to get beat by Whitfield down the field. Whitworth. What did I say? Whitfield. Help me. Ooh. Concussions. Hit Senior me. moment. Whitworth. Whitfield. Yeah. I was watching that stupid show. What anyway, show? go ahead. One of those Real Housewives shows. Old There's a Whitfield on there? His ex-wife is on the show. His ex-wife? Yeah. Move I don't, on. I don't know move what on. that means. Move let's, on. Yeah, let, let's yeah. just move on to Oakland. I said Whitfield. Right? Oh, my God. You did say Whitfield. Whitworth. Is Sorry, there, Whit. Is there, Love a, you. is there a Whitfield on Oakland? Is that maybe what you were thinking Could be. about? Could be. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be an interesting game coming up at the Coliseum on Saturday. Yes. I almost said Sunday, and then I almost said Friday. It's going around, Miles. <laughs> it's contagious. It's going around. This yeah. stuff is contagious. It is, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. My Jarvis Landry on. Um, but, yeah, no, this is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I don't know that we're going to see many starters again. I'm parsing McVay's words on this, but he keeps saying unique situation. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the Raiders because you play them this week and then you play them on September 10th, week one on Monday Night Football. And you're not going to game plan much for this anyway. Yeah. But I think just in the fact that, okay, you have somebody who is McVay's mentor and it's yeah. also the opponent, you're not – you don't want somebody to maybe get excited and roll up on an ankle. Go a little crazy. But what yeah. I did see was a guy named Marshawn Lynch go about 60 yards. On a play that at, got called back. At about 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some guys are playing. Some starters are out there playing. Some ex-Pro Bowlers are on the field. Uh -huh. So, we just saw that in Baltimore. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for safety. I'm all for keeping your guys healthy. But especially on the defensive side, you've got to let some of these guys get out there and get some reps. So they've worked hard for you. Your only reward is to go out and hit the other team. You have to let you have to let the donkey eat the carrot every now and then, <laughs> or he's not going to pull the wagon for you. Okay, but in this particular game, don't you see where McVay would be coming from if he's like, "Nah, your stars aren't playing." Jared is encased in ice. Okay, oh, yes. Todd Gurley, no one hits him until the regular season. You wouldn't play Todd Gurley in a preseason game at all. No, I mean, I don't and, know that and, I would and Whitworth, uh, if Whitworth says he needs some reps, he may have to fight me on it, but okay, get in and get out. Yeah. You can like be smart. Five, five plays. You can be smart to get guys work, at least let them get in there and play football a little bit. Okay. But for the most part, no, you don't have to treat it like a game. You don't have to put your guys at risk. No, right. Not at all. Right. I mean, I don't think that we will see them this week. I think more likely next week against the Texans. You won't see them much, but then it'll be a series or two probably. Well, I mean, they're getting good work. It's not like they're right. going out here right, looking right, right, sloppy. Right, right, right. And they didn't look sloppy in Baltimore. No, they didn't. Even when the offense 
wasn't moving the ball versus Baltimore's defense outside of the pick. Right. It wasn't sloppy. It wasn't sloppy. It was yeah. just not real good execution. The defense was better than your offense. Yeah. Man for man. Yeah. Baltimore's offense got sloppy in the third quarter. Okay. Bunch of false starts. Yeah. That sloppy ball. You don't see that out here in practice. No, you don't. From usually. any group. So, no. yeah, as long as you're getting good work and you're getting ready for September, then then so be it. What do you think of Gruden being back on the sidelines? Funny. I, watching his offense, it's like watching 90s John Gruden. It's the same stuff. Yeah. A bunch of tight ends yeah. running the football, throwing off play action, uh, trying to – the same thing Sean McVay tries to do with his receivers and his tight ends when they cross – cornerbacks up mm -hmm. and safeties up it's the same stuff Gruden does yeah it's 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 a carbon copy it's a mirror well just with other personnel groups those those systems are you know derived from the same thing yeah the West Coast offense right. that Bill Walsh tree I mean that John John McVeigh what Sean McVeigh it's going around John McVeigh <laughs> is his grandfather right John McVeigh was a part of that so that's why Sean you yes. know, has picked up those things from I'm the Bill Walsh tree that yeah. goes down to John Gruden, who was in Tampa, and hires Sean McVay yeah. for his first job out of college back in 2008, which is also a key to Eve's rookie year. All these things are yeah. connected, which is why those things look similar, but with different personnel groups. I'm a believer in the West Coast offense because I had to defend against it. Yeah. And you can't. Hmm. You can't when it's functioning on all cylinders. When the quarterback, receivers, and running backs are all in tune with each other, it's impossible to stop. The ball is going to be places you aren't. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it is on defense. So your only recourse is to turn up the pressure, try to get to the quarterback faster, and bump the receivers. If that doesn't work, they put 35 on you. Right. Yeah, and bumping those guys rarely ever works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan in the West Coast offense. Well, I would run it. We saw how well it worked last year oh, for yeah. the LA Rams. Absolutely. As they, so if you can hear this, like these lifts are going up for practice. I love it. Practice is practice about to start. Time. Yeah, man. So that's why the uh, it's maybe getting a little bit loud. That's here all right. For Football our practice and the team's coming out. Yes, the team is also coming yeah. out. And Jamon uh, Brown is huge. Good lord. Jamon Brown is a big, 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 big guy. I mean, a big, big dude. Big guy. My gosh. He's wow. always really juiced when he comes out to practice. I like that. Oh yeah, loves to work. Yes. Um, what is it like? This is probably a better topic for the first game of the regular season and I'm mm -hmm. sure we'll talk about it again. But when Dick Vermeil came back to the Rams, mm -hmm. right, and you were a player, what was it like to get a guy who had been a head coach for a long time, been successful, then goes to the booth, and then he comes back out? It was weird. Yeah? <laughs> it was It was weird. Um, I remember I remember uh, Dick Vermeil did one of my games in college yeah. for ABC when we played Ohio State. Yeah. And he said I was too small for the league. Huh. Yeah, and I reminded him of that. When I met him the first time, yeah, remember me, the too small guy? Yeah, I'll be your tackle for the next ten years. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was it was great. It got scary because I mean, he said in the press conference, "There's only one way to become a good football team, and that's through hard work." Mm. And that about scared the devil out of him. Yeah, it. yeah, and it was hard for the first couple of years, but I mean, he was really trying to change the culture of the football program, and that's not easy to do. No, just like Sean McVay doing it so fast, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing how fast he changed the culture. It yeah. took us two years to get that done yeah he did it in less than a year yeah so that I think just yeah. it's one of these interesting storylines that I think we're gonna have to talk about with the Raiders as they continue to go through things uh, what are some things that you would like to see from the LA Rams on Saturday well score more points yeah. <laughs> that's number one yeah um, I'd like to see Johnny Hecker punt better 
I think he was trying some things last week. I hope so. I mean, but I mean, no one likes to see Shank bunts. That was weird. Least of all him. So it was, I mean, it was weird to see if Johnny Hecker punt go eight yards. But it's, it's not. I mean, look, Johnny is not competing for a job. No, he's but not. the other guys covering the punts are. So uh, you can't have Shank punts mm. because that's a wasted rep mm -hmm. for a, a guy out uh, yeah, there. Yeah, it so is. I'd like to see more of that. Put the ball in play. Let guys go down and make a play and impress people. Uh, defensively speaking, get off the field. <laughs> My God. Get off the – and you might not have a game plan, but I'm sure you're going to you're gonna rep plays that you saw that hurt you versus Baltimore. So yeah. you, when you do see them again, you'll play them better. Yes. Yeah, but number one on defense, get off the field. I think they had some opportunities to get off the field, and then sometimes, whether it was a penalty or something else, things just kind of happen. Right. And then – yeah, two yeah. helmet penalties. Yes, that gave you did. First and we didn't talk about that earlier yeah. when we were recapping the game against Baltimore. What did you think of that? Those calls? If well, I, I read this and it's a headline I saw, so I'm kind of stealing it. If those are penalties, we're in trouble as really? football fans. You think so? If what was called on game day, Thursday in Baltimore on Marquis Christian and Blake Countess, if those are now penalties, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's two safeties doing their job. They're the last line of defense. I don't think there was malicious intent. They're just trying to get the guy on the ground. Well, there's not, but that's part of it. You know, the, the malicious intent thing doesn't yeah. matter. I know, I and know. And so that's, they're just trying your best to get the head out of the game. Well, I don't know this, and maybe J.B. Long knows this. I don't know. Were there any offensive helmet calls? Not helmet in our rules? game. Any of preseason game number one? Yeah. Okay. Maybe offsetting, yeah, maybe off but I, I, I didn't see any calls. I knew there were going to be a I bunch watched. of defensive calls. Okay, so Riveron pointed oh, okay. out some on tape, as J.B. Long tells us from the side of the that set. That should have been Appreciate called. Appreciate you, J.B. Yes, that oh, should have okay. been called. Well, when they do call it, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see many calls on the offense. I just so, don't. I, I don't think that officials know how to look for that. Yet. You should have seen the players that weren't playing, the defensive players, yeah. the starters for the oh, Rams, yeah, yeah, yeah. when those penalty flags came out yeah. and they their were, reaction to like. Where do you want me to hit the guy? Yeah. And guys were pointing at the ankle, at the knee. And like this, that's not where you want to hit a guy. No. That's, that's, that's how you end a guy. Yes. Yeah. So if that's a penalty, my only recourse is to take you, you go out low the waist. Yeah. yeah you got to go low. Um, one other thing that I think we want to see out of this game, though, when you talk about offensive players, just these young OLs just continuing to progress. One thing I thought was interesting from the other day, got to see Joe Noteboom and Brian Allen take some snaps with the ones mm -hmm. because the veterans were having their rest day. So guys like Saffold, Whitworth, mm -hmm. and Sullivan were all out. So you saw no boom at left tackle and then Brian Allen at center. That was nice to see. Um, I talked to Brian Allen afterwards and he was like, you know, made too many rookie mistakes. Saw him snap a couple balls, shotgun snaps are a little bit low and I assume that that's what he's talking about. But just the fact that you can put those guys in there with the starters, that means something. Yes, and it's the Mannion rule, like we talked about. If you put him in with the starting O-line, the starting offense, he'll look better. Uh, uh, if you have to start a uh, rookie on the offensive line, as long as he's surrounded by 10 other good people, mm -hmm. it's easier to hide or it won't be as magnified. But when yeah. there's five rookies or guys with not so much experience uh -huh. versus a great defense yeah. or a good defense, well, your quarterback's going to suffer. Yes. Both quarterbacks took some shots on game day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to see that. When Allen got hit, that blindside shot, I thought the most impressive thing about that play was mm -hmm. he got up. Mm. I mean, that is that is a knockout shot yeah. on a quarterback when you hit him like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what you're kind of saying about you got to let the donkey get the carrot once in a while. Yeah. Or, 
if you want him to keep pulling the wagon, give him a carrot. If not, he's gonna, you know what? You're not going to feed me this thing anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll, okay, one more thing, and we'll we'll leave on this. No. Do you, have you watched? Our, you don't get. We this don't thing, have though. to break. We can keep going. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Are you, are I'm you trying not, to make up for the Whitfield thing. Yeah. I'm just saying. You're anyway. just making it worse. I'm trying to make him smile too. It's not working. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, not working. It's not working. No. Yeah. There we go. We got a laugh out of it. There we go. Okay. All right. So, have you been watching Hard Knocks? Yes. Did you see the one from last night? I haven't. No. Okay. Yes. There was a scene in there that is somewhat relevant to the Rams because Greg Robinson has been taking some reps at left tackle for the Cleveland oh, Browns. No. So they have Miles Garrett in there, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. They did a little vignette. Yeah. Miles Garrett's rushing folks. Miles Garrett bull rushes Greg Robinson, like drives him back maybe five, seven, eight yards. <laughs> and Greg starts going, seriously? Seriously? And Miles Garrett like locks him back, you know, this big swollen arm of yeah. his and is like, what? What? I'm pass rushing. What? And Hugh wow. Jackson has to come in and be like, hey man, you just can't let him do that to you. Like, right. he, like you're mad because he's beating you. Wow. Did, Did they have pads on it? Oh yeah, they have pads on Oh man. Yeah. Oh Greg. So I thought that was a little interesting. Greg. Haven't seen anything like that from Joe Noteboom. So I, we, that's I was good. talking to a friend and we were talking about when I was a rookie and how people would try to fight me because I had one speed. Mm -hmm. Right? And a guy told me, hey, man, it's just practice. And I said, what's the difference? The ball moved, didn't it? Yeah, I came out here to bully you now. What did you come out here to do? Right. Yeah. So if you don't want to practice, if you don't like my tempo, there's the head coach. Go tell him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If exactly. You, if you want to play, let's play. That's how we get better. Right. Exactly. All right. Any parting shots? Uh, I think that was it. Yeah? Yeah. That sorry. was mine. Sorry, Whitworth. You're not Bob <laughs> Whitfield. You play the same position. <laughs> Plays really well really does he's really really talented this team is so fortunate to have him that is the truth really really fortunate to have a established great left tackle those guys just don't come along every other day they don't day. grow on trees no they don't and, and you, it is so it's hard, hard to draft, to draft them too. and develop them. yes it is and so man yes. the fact that you got one yes we saw what kind of you know engineering that could do in terms yeah. of taking over an offense and transitioning it into an actually good one i would encourage every rams fan just to put a present for andrew whitworth under their tree around christmas time <laughs> just you know just put one under there for him just say thank you yeah he's doing more for you than you know that is what a good left yeah. tackle is <laughs> yes it's like you with me you're like my left tackle demarco well, I'm on the right side, though. Oh, you are. You make me go on the right side. I See? do. I like being on the left. Way to go, coach. I used to block on the left when I was playing football in high school. Anyway, let's wrap up this edition of Between the Horns. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. You can make sure to tune into the game on Saturday at 1 o'clock. It's going to be on KCBS here in Los Angeles. Check your local listings. Otherwise, also, maybe you can check out that stream on therams.com if you are in Los Angeles or in one of our affiliate markets. Otherwise, can listen to the call with JB Long, MJD, and this guy, DeMarco Parr, da on Raiders. ESPN LA. This Saturday. Yeah. Can't wait. Da da, da right, da Thanks for right, listening da to Between da the Horns. We'll see you next time. Do you know how